Good evening, patriots. This is Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. I am your host, Ryan. Tonight, I'll talk about a program that pairs those with opposing political views together to foster dialogue, the latest double-barreled middle finger Biden is giving Americans, some more hypocrisy by Jeff Bezos-owned companies, and I'll finish up with a Convention of the States update, all next on Living with Liberty. I came across an Associated Pravda article about a program that pairs people of differing political persuasions together in order to try and bridge the political divide that we have in this country today. I'll provide a link in the description box to the article. I will say I got a bit of a chuckle out of the fact that one of the participants highlighted in the article was a retired statistician who believed Biden won. Good thing he is a retired statistician. Not sure I'd want him looking uh, out and advising me on any statistical analysis relating to anything important. Uh, You would figure that Being a statistician and seeing some of the statistical anomalies of this election, you might want to take another look and question it first before you just accept it at face value, especially if you're a statistician. Now, once I got done with my laugh for the day, I got back to sifting through the, the, you know, the propaganda piece. What I found was actually an interesting idea and proof that we can still be civil and, uh, talk, you know, with one another about our political, uh, our political uh, issues. Uh, Dare I even say it, but we can maybe even be friends with others who have a different point of view. Now, this being an associated Pravda piece, they found about the fringiest conservative you can find to portray in the article, and probably portrayed her as more out there than she is in reality. But as I looked through the article, and I'll say it was very slanted, you can see what we need to be doing as Americans, reaching across to each other, across the great chasm that is Democrats and Republicans left and right, and just, you know, try to understand one another's position and why we think that way. Our statistician friend in the article, uh, his name is Jim Carpenter, of course, he's a Democrat. And our Republican uh, here, our conservative, is Natalie Abbas. The article notes that Carpenter is appreciative for having a window into a different worldview. So, you know, even uh, someone that's on the left, a Biden supporter, uh, you know, appreciates someone else's point of view. I mean, we need more of that. We need to hear about more of that, actually. It quotes him as uh, noting that he doesn't have to believe Abbas, but he goes on to say, I know that's her reality, and I have to accept that because there are a lot of people with her. He's got that right there in some respects. There's at least 75 million voters uh, out there that uh, voted for Trump and and lean to the conservative point of view. You know, I'll, I'll give them both credit here for being willing to sit down to talk about their differences and opinions and and worldviews. That does take courage and patience on both parts, really. Uh, it takes courage to sit down and, you know, in this day and age of hyper-partisanship and just outright anger at someone that might not agree with you, it takes a lot of courage to sit down and 
kind of lay your your opinions and and uh, thoughts and and political ideas out there. You know what? And as I read into the article some more, uh, it really appears that they genuinely are friends and enjoy each other's company. You know, political differences be damned. What I would question, though, in this article is why Mr. Carpenter doesn't believe Miss Abbas. What proof does he have to refute her claims that she brings to him and, and you know, brings some facts to back it up or, or, or some articles? I, I would say I wouldn't uh, necessarily, some of the stuff she brought, I wouldn't necessarily believe myself either. But, you know, he, it, it didn't, the article didn't portray him as, as digging into her claims or even taking it a little further. I mean, it, it does say he questioned a little bit, but, you know, he didn't bring any backup claims to what he said. And, you know, like I was saying, this article did have a very leftist slant to it. So the conservative is, you know, of course, painted as a conspiracy theorist, uh, you know, versus the Democrat who's painted as a bit of a hero in the story. Yet it is in the uh, this light on terms of the thoughts of what Mr. Carpenter thinks and why he thinks it, that I would be interested to know if Carpenter, as a retired statistician, even bothered to take a second look at the data, uh, the election data, to question it or not, or if he just said, you know, my guy Biden won, it must be legit, right? What proof did he bring to refute some of Ms. Abbas's claims? There's no details, as I said, of that in the article. And again, though in full disclosure, I personally found some of the claims in the piece that focused on what Abbas brought forth to be somewhat far-fetched as well. Uh, The good part here is there are people on opposing sides talking, and that should encourage all of us. As I mentioned on an an episode or two ago, more conversation, not less, is better. And we have to put our side aside, our pride, and right to be offended in order to effectively leave the communication lines open. On the President Unity Front, Has any president done more to hurt the working class American than Joe Biden, even in less than a week in office? The latest debacle here is an order, uh, an executive order that uh, places a freeze on Trump's executive order to slash drug prices. And this is for insulin and epinephrine. I'll link the Red State article for your reading enjoyment in the description box. Now, is President Unity really that small of a person that he needs to go wiping out an executive order by President Trump that helps so many people with uh, being able to afford life-saving medicine? Now, drug companies have been jacking up the prices of these two vital drugs for years in a blatant attempt to pad their profitability and make their shareholders happy. Now, the most affected by this uh, blatant money grab and and price gouging, if you will, are the lower income or fixed income people out there. These individuals now will be back to choosing whether they potentially eat, keep the lights or and or heat on, depending where you live, or do they buy their life-saving prescription or refill their life-saving prescription? This is all thanks to President Unity and his band of Mary Trump haters. I wonder how many more wake up every day with buyer's remorse on Biden. A move like this just reeks of special interest influence. It's like the drunk drug companies said, hey, our R&D pipeline, where we actually get most of our profits on new drugs, is 
actually really dry. We've had a lot of failures. And the orange man ordered cuts to the prices of drugs that actually work and out there and are proved and save people's lives. So can you, President Unity, reverse that order so we can unnecessarily gouge those who need these medicines again in order to make our profits look good while we throw good money after bad on loser drug projects? You will make sure your campaign is rewarded for it. And this is yet another good reason to get the lobbyists and PACs and corporate money out of politics. Now, on to the next topic here. Apparently, Jeff Bezos is not so big of a fan of mail-in voting after all. Employees at Amazon's Bessemer, Alabama facility are scheduled to vote on unionizing in February. And the National Labor Relations Board ruled that due to a COVID outbreak there, the election could be done by mail. Amazon, of course, is now suddenly opposed to mail-in voting. And this is very interesting. So mail-in voting is okay for something as important as selecting the next president of our country. Yet Bezos wants in-person voting to unionize one of his fulfillment centers. Another lefty who talks out of both sides of their mouth. Listen to these juicy tidbits of hypocrisy here. First, in an appeal filed with the NLRB, Amazon notes that a mail-in election could disenfranchise dozens or even hundreds of voters because it is imperfect. Huh. Seems like many of us brought that up, uh, that same fact up, to elections commissions and our elected officials all over the country, and we were told basically to shut up and sit down. You know, the other tidbit of hypocrisy here that might give you a good laugh, I kind of got a chuckle of it out of it, comes from an appearance by one of Amazon's flunky spoke, uh, spokespeople on CNN Business. They stated the best approach to a valid, fair, and successful election is one that is conducted manually in person, making it easy for associates to verify and cast their vote in close proximity to their workplace. Oh, so Amazon, you're saying you wouldn't want someone in, say, Mississippi casting a vote for the Alabama facility? You don't want Wi-Fi-enabled voting machines hooked up for people to vote at and maybe someone behind the scenes to hack into? We want everyone everyone to vote on site and in person and presumably have their Amazon ID shown on receipt of a ballot to guard against disenfranchisement. Got it. So what we need to do is to actually change the White House into an Amazon fulfillment center and then we can ensure a fair and free election. I actually hope every Amazon Fulfillment Center unionizes, and I hope their first order of business is to go on strike. Amazon is proving itself to not be a serious company. You know, first we had them kicking Parler off its web hosting services with no notice, and now this nonsense of not having mail-in voting for uh, unionizing one of their plants. What, what are they afraid of here? 
they must be afraid Jimmy Hoffa is going to roll up with a 4 a.m. ballot dump. Stop buying from this company. Quit giving them your money that they then turn around to fund candidates who hate this country. Now, speaking of unserious companies owned by Jeff Bezos, we have more Washington compost hypocrisy here. I have a legal insurrection piece I'll put a link to in the description box. It's titled, Washington Post Does Not Have Plans for Biden Fact-Checking Database. Now, they kept one for Trump. I mean, this really isn't is rich, isn't it? We are not going to even fact-check the plagiarizer-in-chief, the compost says. The compost isn't even going to bother to track the lies of someone who was forced out of a presidential primary, actually, I think it was two, because they were caught lying. This is why nobody even bothers lining bird cages with the Washington Post. It's not even worthy to catch bird crap with. Isn't it the media's job to keep politicians honest on behalf of the people? Why do they continue to refuse to do their jobs? Why all of a sudden? is the compost giving up their fact-check database. Has Joe Biden started telling the truth all of a sudden? The web of interconnectedness between media executives, politicians, and bureaucrats needs to be untangled. There's a reason many have turned to independent sources. It's because the mainstream media is absolutely broken. It's an outright disaster an obvious propaganda arm of the government. There is too much interconnectedness at this point to trust anything written in the compost or the New York slimes or truthfully even your local papers. They've proven time and again that assumptions we should make is that the opposite of what they print is true. The compost not having a fact-checked database for President Unity absolutely has nothing to do with his sudden shift towards truthfulness. This has to do with quieting dissent and trying to raise a feeble old liar to exalted ruler status. Problem for them is it's not working. It seems that there are more and more Democrats even that are becoming increasingly unhappy with old president unity. We just have to hold the line here, do what we can to limit the damage, and keep pressing forward. Now, I'll end with uh, my show tonight with this. About a week ago, I did a show on flipping state houses and what it would take to flip them, actually, in an effort to get a convention of the states going. I ran across in one of my MeWe groups last night a link for signing a petition that goes directly to my legislators uh, stating my support for a convention of the states. Friends, as I dug into this website, there's a lot larger movement out there for this than what I was aware of and maybe many of you were aware of. Right now, there are 27 states with resolutions that are either passed, passed through one of the state houses, or as an active piece of legislation to be addressed by state legislatures. We are actually really close to getting a convention of the states together. We need to contact our reps and voice support for this. Among the 27 states that currently have legislation in some form or fashion, there are a few that I thought we'd need to flip 
in order to get something going towards a holding a convention of the states. But they already have resolutions on the table that just need to be voted on. It seems that no matter the leaning of the legislature, states are fed up with federal overreach. As we wrap up, I'm asking everyone to do a couple of things here. First, go to conventionofstates.com. I will link it in the description box and sign the petition. You will also find many resources there outlining uh, the convention of the states, the movement itself, etc. And you'll also find a map that shows which states have legislation calling for a convention of the states. If your state is any color other than green on that map, there's work to be done, which leads us to point number two. Call your legislators and let them know you fully support a convention of the states. This is our best constitutional option the founders left us to beat back an overreaching, oppressive federal government. We have the tool. Let's pick it up and use it. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for listening. If you'd be so kind, please leave a positive review and subscribe. It will help us move up the charts and help more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending some time with me today. Please help us spread the truth by sharing my podcast with your friends and family, as well as on your social media accounts. Also, I'd be grateful if you subscribed to my podcast and signed up for notifications. It'll help you stay up to date with Living with Liberty. With Parlor Down, I can be found on MeWe by searching Living with Liberty. And I also now have a Telegram channel. The handle there is at Living with Liberty. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time.